0: Hey, Gignitude listeners, I love gaming just as much as Joe loves gaming, and we love to talk about what to work and talk with people about it. So listen to Frazzlecast, a weekly podcast where we talk with people from around Azeroth and beyond. Find us at gnomepodcast.com or in your favorite podcast players. Just for spelling the name, it's F-R-A-Z-L-C-A-S-T. I should have thought better for naming that.
1: My name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as epic grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 145 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am once again joined by my wonderful co-host Ray. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good, Joe. How's it going? Um I'm hanging in there. If if this wasn't if this wasn't about the Dark Phoenix, I would have probably canceled tonight's recording session cuz you oh. might be able to hear my voices going. But um I literally just got home 10 minutes ago from seeing it cuz they kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And Perfect. Yeah, so it's raw and it's fresh <laughs> and I'm ready to go. Yeah. How have you been <laughs>
0: um good i've been good um you know getting in getting ready for summer um already getting some some relaxing time by the pool also getting some artwork done nice um catching up on on you know geeky stuff i, I started uh, watching um the umbrella academy on netflix which is really cool i'm, I'm liking that so far um what else just you know taking in a bunch of media. There's some really good storytelling out there right now, man. Mm -hmm. Like so good. Like I just finished that Chernobyl miniseries that HBO put out. Uh, Like I said, uh, umbrella Academy is really cool. There was another one that I started. Um, There's just, it just feels like there's, it seems like the, the long form kind of like miniseries television show, like storytelling Mm -hmm is really where it's at right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like serialized like episodic like storytelling. I mean, movies just, you know, unless you're like super into Marvel stuff, you can kind of bank on that, right? right. Um we're kind of spoiled in that way. But, you know, like there's not a lot of stuff in theaters that I'm like, super excited to see. There's a couple things that I want to check out soon, but it's it just there's just so much good storytelling streaming right now
1: there really is there really really is and
0: and then yeah (laughs) when you uh you know with that in mind when uh (laughs) when they're trying to sell you something like dark phoenix it's a really tough sell Uh,
1: that is that is absolutely complete like i like i said i there are i have i have no words i will find them But there, I'm having that a lot too because I just sent you a message on on Facebook before we started because you just sent me an article which I just can't even I can't even.
0: Yes, that was. You a, Want to explain
1: it to yeah. to our listening audience?
0: Sure. So uh, apparently, and this I came across this on social media. Uh, my my good buddy Marcus Harris, who um is is bigger comic book geek than me i'd say um and i've known him for years we went to art school together he's a really talented illustrator comic book artist storyboard artist um he posts some really cool stuff that i that i share with you always joe and uh he just posted this piece from npr so this is you know legit (laughs) it the title is avengers but make it without women or men hugging or levity in general. And apparently, because fan edits are like all the rage now, you know what? With this technology being like widely accessible nowadays, um, someone an an anonymous anonymous wait is is this person anonymous? I don't no, know. No, I think uh, somebody. No, he ha-
1: he is he is out there. Like I think they gave him his name. I'm looking.
0: Well, he re-edited uh the Avenger Avengers end game but cut out all uh, cu- basically cut out any any uh, uh, uh substantial uh female driven scenes right mm-hmm. cut out any um what else like a- any any sort of Non-hyper-masculine male lines or scenes as well, right? Cut out um, uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man doesn't get rescued by women because, according to this person, there's no need. Um, The role of Black Panther is minimized because, according to this person, he's really not that important.
1: And you're right. He is anonymous. Um, So, you know, and I would be, too, if I did something like this. Because, dude, seriously.
0: Missing the scene where Hawkeye teaches his daughter to shoot. So basically, just the worst person making <laughs> re-editing the Avengers Endgame for to, to meet their, their their terrible taste. Well, and I right? have to taste- add
1: about the whole Hawkeye teaching his daughter to shoot, this guy yeah. apparently added a whole like manifesto as to why he did what he did. And his young women shouldn't learn a skill. Oh, young women should learn skills to become good wives and mothers and leave the fighting to men.
0: So basically it's, it's MRAs and incels creating, you know, just gutting these movies to meet their tastes. And then what's left is like 25 minutes of like incomprehensible, like stories, (laughs) like basically like it's just ridiculous, but this is, these are things that are happening, right? Like these are things that are out there that are being posted. Uh, so I knew, oh, I sent that to you right as I was leaving the office going, oh, this is just stoking oh, yeah. Joe's fire for this podcast we're about to oh, do. Oh yeah.
1: No, I just, I, I, I don't want to spend too much time. I want, I want people to know that this is out there just because I think we need to understand how bad some of the fandom is out there. I don't even know yeah. if you can call them fandom at this point. I think they're just, they're internet trolls who need to really get. A life. I I want people to be aware that this is out there happening, but that's all the attention I want to give to it.
0: Sure. Sure. And I, I, I'm also, I see this in two ways. I I absolutely hear the side of people that, you know, uh, uh, agree with me and and my politics and say, Hey, there's no need to give these people, you know, any sort of platform or, you know, kind of spread awareness of, of this, but then there's the other side where, you know, when I have to argue with people about why representation matters, mm-hmm. this is why, yeah, like, this, you know, so, so there, so yes, we're, we don't want to, you know, spread this and give it a platform, but believe it or not, there are people that are still, you know, have their heads in the sand about, about whether or not. How big this problem is, or you know, is this really a thing, or blah blah? Yes,
1: yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it, it is. is.
0: It's a problem. This is why representation matters. This is why it's so important to uplift, you know, marginalized voices in in, in whatever capacity we can, right? Because of bullshit like
1: this, it just like it blows <laughs> my mind. I I I just don't understand it. But like like I agree. Like people need to know that this stuff is out there because Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, apparently there's like a similar edit of the Last Jedi that's like 15 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god, they're just ruining their their own. They're, they're just ruining their favorite things for themselves. It's great.
1: Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's it's rough. <laughs> um. So yeah. So- so how you been? Joe?
0: Any, any you? I mean, you talk about. Hey, Joe, did you by any chance do any geeky shit this week? Um, duh. Like, tell us about. So I've been. <laughs> I've been what in. You've been doing. Yeah,
1: I've been in New Zealand for the last seventeen days. Um, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a very very cool trip. Um, the country is beautiful. The Um, the people are probably some of the nicest people I have ever met ever. Like just genuinely like want to talk to you. Some woman just saw Matt and I looking at our phones on the street. She goes, you look like you're looking for something. Can I possibly give you assistance? And it was like, everybody was like that. It was absolutely amazing. So yes, those people I've been talking to about, should we all move to New Zealand? Absolutely. We should all move to New Zealand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, while I was there, I did get to go to Hobbiton, which was very cool. Got to see all the little, Amazing. Yeah, all the little Hobbit houses. And then um, we went to the Weta Workshop where we, a lot of the stuff for the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit films were made, like all the the special effects. But I didn't realize how much they do at this place. Like they did Warcraft. They did um, stuff for um, Pacific Rim 2. Like it just – like it's ridiculous the amount of stuff that they do at this workshop where they build all the the props and and prosthetics and costumes it's like amazing and we were the last tour of the day and there was four of us Matt and I and another couple and oh, so nice. so like that can go either way that can be like the tour guide being all right guys we're going to blast through this cuz there's only four of you and I'm tired but she was absolutely awesome and she 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 looked at us at the end of it and she goes I feel bad I have I have kept kept you here longer than I normally do because usually we're rushing off to another tour but you guys were really cool and asked a lot of good questions so we got like the extended version of the tour which was very cool
0: That's awesome
1: Yeah it was a lot of fun
0: I- I mean, were you freaking out? Like were, what did you get to see? Like just looking at your pictures, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe he's at Wida. And then like a few days later, you're like <laughs> you're like in a in a hobbit dwelling. I'm like, what? Yeah. Where what the <laughs> hell is going on?
1: Well, I mean, like, they they had a lot of props. They had um they had one of the um Power Rangers suits from the movie. And I don't know if you remember when that first was shown, they were like, oh. They're they CGI-ing the stupid suits. Like, that looks awful. And she the, the tour guide goes, and that's great because we're all sitting there going, there's no CGI. It's right here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we saw that. There was, like, entire rooms of just Lord of the Rings weapons. Like, just oh my God. weapons everywhere. And they're like, you know, here's the weapon that's real. Because this is the close-up shot. Because you can tell close-up that it's not metal if we don't put in metal. But then this is like the plastic sword that they use for the faraway shots because we don't want anything to happen. Oh, to the wow. nice swords. Like there was a guy. Wow. There was a guy working swords for their because they also create like replicas there. Um, yeah. So there's a guy just working at a blacksmith station, just you know <laughs> making swords, just making swords. So there's a, so there's a blacksmith. Yeah, there's a blacksmith. <laughs> There's a blacksmith. Now
0: do do you actually see the people working there? Like are, are there artists there and designers and like are they sitting at like do you
1: see that part of it at all? There are, a lot of it's behind closed doors because they like we couldn't take like they told us very specifically what rooms we could and could not take pictures in. And it was basically mm-hmm. this room and this last room, and that's it. Because they don't have the, the property rights to a lot of that stuff. And okay. and they also don't want you to take a picture of something that accidentally like breaches their non-disclosure agreements. Right, right. But we did see, we saw the, the blacksmith guy working. We saw their, basically they have like 3D printers, but then they also have something. And I don't remember what it's called, but it basically is the opposite of the 3D printer where it takes away stuff from a big block of material.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, the great story she told is she came in one day and there was they they do bodies full body scans of people so that they can make mannequins and fit stuff to the mannequins. And she's like, Yeah, I just walked in and there's this butt sticking up at the top of the table. <laughs> and I'm like, Whose butt is that? And they're like, Oh, that's Matt Damon's butt. <laughs> and so she goes, So I basically got to see the, you know, styrofoam replica of Matt Damon's Of oh, Matt
0: Damon's butt. <laughs> Nice, yeah. For the gram, perfect.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was so it was it was very exciting. Um, a lot of the time we were running around doing um naturey stuff because that's what my husband likes to do, and um, I think he almost killed me on a couple of occasions because they were not easy hikes. These were not beginner hikes. These were oh, like wow. Holy crap! I'm 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 gonna barely hold my luncheon hikes and uh, but you know oh God. oh God Ray I was I was like I looked at him at what there my husband has three things he likes to do on vacation I like to sit in the hotel and enjoy alcoholic beverages he enjoys one of three things either driving forever to look at a tree or waterfall or some other thing in nature. Uh, to go up the tallest building in the city and look out on the landscape and take in the whole city or go to a nature lookout point, which is kind of a combination of the two where you can look out at everything but be in nature. Yeah. And so it was like our second to the last day, or it may have been our last full day there. And, he, you know, we're having a great time. And he's like, "Let's let's go to this lookout point. What we didn't realize is that you couldn't drive all the way up to the lookout point, And the hike was like at a 45 degree angle. Like it was like, and I just looked at him and he's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. And I'm like, I know, I know you didn't know. Just take your pictures. <laughs> just take your pictures. <laughs> and let's go home. Um, so you almost killed me on two or three occasions while we looked at, at nature, but it, it, it turned out to be a really fun, really enjoying, enjoyable trip. Yeah.
0: I'm New Zealand sounds like the perfect destination for what you're both interested in then.
1: Yeah. Like. Yeah. There was a lot of good crossover and, uh, the, like I said, the nicest people ever. And, uh, and then I came home and because I was done with school, cause I left, like I had Friday, last day of school, Monday, 12 hour trip to New Zealand. Uh, I'm sorry. Friday, last day of school, Saturday, 12 hour trip to New Zealand. So no, no break oh. in between. And so I think when I got back on this Monday, uh, my body was just like, no, no more. You're done.
0: Right. Exactly what happened to me. We talked about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I truly believe it is something that bodies do. Yeah. At at least
0: your body waited until you were back from your New Zealand trip. Can you imagine?
1: Yeah. Oh, God. Like that 12-hour Because the the flight there wasn't so bad because it was kind of an overnight flight. So everybody slept. Mm. But yes, we got like five hours sleep. That's not too bad. Um, The flight back, though, we're kind of keeping up with the time zone. So it just never got dark. It was never like by the time we were um, by the time it was time to go to sleep in New Zealand time. It was time to get up in California time. So there was like no happy medium. (laughs) And I think Matt and I ended up except for like a little dozing off here or there. I think we were both up for about 25 hours straight. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a trip.
0: It is a it is a wow. Well, that's awesome. It sounds like you had a great time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Um, I read a lot of Secret Invasion while I was out there, like in the evenings it, before I went to bed.
0: Is Secret Invasion is this something that's like has been out for a few years?
1: Yeah, it's the whole scroll taking over Marvel. Crossover. Oh. Okay. Who wrote that? Uh everybody. It's like, I swear to God, Ray, it's like a hundred different issues of comic book. Holy shit. Yeah, it's one of those mega crossovers that like if it wasn't for the fact that I was reading it on um Marvel Unlimited, I would I would have no idea what I was doing. But they're like, here's the reading order. And even then there's kind of there's kind of stuff where like in that catching you up page at the beginning. Like, oh well, yeah. that 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 hasn't happened yet, but I'm sure we'll get to it eventually. <laughs>
0: That's where like everyone's a scroll, right?
1: Yeah, every, like they're trying to yeah. figure out who's a scroll and who's not. Um cool. it's good. It's just it's very it's very long and, and convoluted. I
0: speaking of scrolls, I was back on my YouTube, you know, geeky YouTube channels binge. And um I, I think I I don't know if we talked did we talk about this in the last pod? how I, how I found this great new channel called well, it's not new. I mean, it's new to me. Nando versus movies.
1: Yes. Sure. Well, you, you sent me the message like my first day in New Zealand and yeah. I was like, okay. and, and so I watched, I watched the DCU one on the way home on the plane. Ray, yes. I, I was like, I want to see yes. this movie. I was <laughs> right. I, he doesn't, okay, for the, cause we're geeking out. We haven't explained this. The, this guy, <laughs> this guy goes and like, like comes up with better versions of movies. And he completely yes. admits that hey, he's already got a starting point because most of the hard work has already been done. Um, so yes. he just comes. Gives, he gives a ton of credit to the writer, absolutely. And because
0: this is not easy stuff to do, this is really hard to write these movies. You know, well, it's it's really difficult. So yeah, he gives a ton of credit to the writers. He he, he goes by or his channel is called Nando V Movies on YouTube.
1: And uh, like his his ending for Endgame should have been the ending of the movie. Yeah, like compl- he's basically like a
0: – he's like a script doctor after the fact,
1: Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, so it was this four-part series on how to rewrite the Justice League movie so that it, it accomplished everything they wanted to do. And he he tried very hard not to change the characters that were already there and not to add too many of his own. Uh, right.
0: Right. He's not giving himself like just carte blanche, like, you know, oh, I'm going to come up with whatever and it's going to be better. He he sticks to the restrictions that were already in place for the movie. So, you know, he's, he's actually trying to make it work for what's already there. Um, and he doesn't always completely rewrite things. Sometimes he's like, this movie's great. If anything, I would just change this one little thing yeah. about this scene or whatever, which those are cool as well, because it's always like a story reason, right? It's always like what would serve the characters better, what would serve the plot better, like that sort of thing.
1: I mean, I I fully I fully recommend that you find. I'll try and put links in in the show notes, but watch the End Game one if you've seen End Game, because his ending yeah. for End Game makes so much more sense, and it right? it it bookends the movies so well, and all it's doing is changing one character's actions and it's, and it's not, it's not one of the big players that you think it's going to be. It's just one person who takes over another person's job at the end. And it changes the entire meaning of this, of the, the end of the movie.
0: Yeah. He's really good at what he does. I would say I agree with maybe 95% of, of his suggestions that he changes. And even when I don't agree, I can see where he's coming from. I can see why, He's suggesting the change that he is. Right. Um, so I watched the one recently, uh, that was centered around the Captain Marvel movie and, um, basically about, uh, what he would change about that story. And he again says, you know, I, I like this movie. Um, there's just one thing that I would change and it has to do with the scroll character. Um, and it's so funny to like, it just, <laughs> it kind of hit me all at once. Like, Oh my God, like there are full on scrolls like in the MCU now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's one of those things that's like, yeah, I mean, that movie came out. We watched it. We took it in, you know, but I think, I don't know how other people reacted, but I was so hyped for Endgame. That when Captain Marvel came out, it was almost like an appetizer. Yeah. It was almost you know, it was almost like, okay, cool, we're gonna get this and then we're gonna be primed for Endgame. And now that I'm like going back and like reading about that movie and stuff, which I enjoyed. I think it's a good movie, it's just like, holy shit, we're like fully like into like the whole like scroll and uh um what I Three. what's the other the, Cree like war and everything like yeah. this opens up a huge part of the mcu and the, the 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 15 minute video that i watched is called the trouble with talos and it's basically the the main scroll character in that movie and just changing something and really what he does with this one is he points out something that i think is super interesting when, when whenever this is pointed out is he points out how there's they made a very obvious last minute change in the script And they change the character's trajectory. And it's one of those things that I I don't notice until someone points it out. And then it becomes so obvious. Like, oh, my God. Like, this, you know, something else was supposed to happen with this character by the end. And instead, they they made a couple of change, like cosmetic things. And they changed it. And once it's pointed out, it's like, I can't unsee it. Right. And it has to do with that character. And it's really, really cool, really brilliant. Uh, the thing that he points
1: out. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go back and, and watch that one. Cause I've, I've only watched, I think I watched the four justice league ones. Cause I downloaded them all onto my, my um, <laughs> iPad so I could watch them on the plane. So I watched, you know, the, the justice league one, it was like an hour's worth of, of YouTube. Um, and I love how he even adds in like little sequences of dialogue and how he would do the dialogue. Yes, I thought it was like some of them are brilliant. Where I'm just like laughing as if the character had actually said it, and he 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 was a good find, Ray. I, I'm yeah. I, I really I'm I'm gonna he's on my list of people to try and get on the show because I think that's great. He would just be like, "All right, it's yours." Like fix, fix yeah. That.
0: He makes it so the way he he edits these these uh, videos and the way he does the voices and does everything. Sometimes it's drawings that he puts in there, uh, like little storyboards. It's like you're watching the movie in your head. Yeah. So it's really, really good storytelling. It's it's really great the way he kind of edits everything together. So yeah, definitely check it out. Some of the titles of the films um, regarding Aquaman, the Manta mistake, and he talks about a mistake that he feels they made with that character. Mm-hmm. Um, regarding the Wonder Woman film, disarming Ares and and he talks about you know the 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 problems that he had with the villain the ultimate villain of that movie um he also does a four-part rewrite of Man of Steel which I love Man of Steel but watching this rewrite I'm like oh my god (laughs) it's amazing um he he covers um he also is part of this series called One Marvelous Scene where him and a bunch of other YouTubers each pick their favorite scene in the MCU so far to kind of dissect and talk about why it's so great. And he does uh, the Ultron after party where in, in, in um, Avengers 2 Age of Ultron where they're all hanging out trying to lift Thor's hammer. So it's just a ton of good stuff on his channel. Check it out.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He like I I am a fan and I want him to get hired by everybody. Right. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, I've got a couple of things, but I'll put them on until next week because really we need to start talking about the Phoenix. Because dear God, Ray.
0: <laughs> I like how so far you've called it the Dark Phoenix and the Phoenix. <laughs> You're just like. You're just like this thing. We need to talk about it. Well, I mean, I'm ready.
1: <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna just stop it. And we're just gonna start again. So this is just okay. this is just so that we can put in a commercial break. We'll be back. <laughs> Hello, friends. This is Troidal Power, inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights, sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with
0: friends and family crammed together on a couch, chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E, Power, to snag a spot on the couch.
1: Hey Geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek2Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash CapsuleJ. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8pm to 11pm Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then! I'm Void. And I'm Beach, And together, we're the geek to geek Podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate.
0: Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while.
1: And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Okay, Ray. Before we start, I just want to remind us that we called this that like, we knew that it was not going to be good. We knew that it was struggle against being the first superhero movie after Endgame. But between you and me, I really think that there is no excuse for this movie to be what it is. <laughs>
2: um, it, I mean, it had a lot stacked against it, you know, obviously, um, We, you know, they had already tried to make this movie and it was a disaster. Um, so they had all that negative connotation already in place. Uh, like you said, the first major superhero film after Endgame, which, you know, (laughs) God bless, like,
1: no
2: one, no one wants to go up against that. Right. Um, and, and I feel like something that not enough people I've seen talk about movie audiences in particular movie audiences at superhero films are we have evolved are are you know the 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 what we expect now is 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 so much more sophisticated than that first x-men movie that brian singer put out and fox put out Mm
1: -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah
2: it's like it's almost like these films are like a relic of of a time that is already past yeah. Right? And and it, it, they're obsolete. This this form that the X Men are, are in or have taken in this franchise is is obsolete. It's past its time. And if it if it you know wasn't before Endgame, definitely now. And and I would even go so far as to say, not just these X Men movies, all superhero films are on notice as of Endgame. Like you you're not gonna get away with this the early two thousands, you know, Matrix uniform, fucking, you know, cookie cutter storytelling anymore. Right. You're not, you can't be embarrassed or ashamed of the comic book roots of your story anymore. It's, it's, it will not be tolerated by
1: audiences. No, what do you think? No, your job has to be, if you're going to make a comic book movie to enhance the experience of what has already been written. Like you can't, you can't play with them like Legos as freely as you tried in the past. Right. Like there's no, there's no excuse for, um, well, we can do this better because the original has already been done really well. You need to embrace it and enhance it.
2: Yes, exactly. And (laughs) how's this for, you know, people wondering how, how this could, turn out bad again,
0: you
1: know. Mm-hmm. S-
2: Simon Kinberg, <laughs> uh, the the guy who uh produced and uh wrote X3, right? The first go at Dark Phoenix, wrote mm-hmm. and directed this one. And Joe, tell me, th- having seen this one now just now, do, can't you see like isn't it aren't there some scenes is it just me or are there some are exactly the some scenes
1: were exactly the same? Some scenes were exactly the same. Like it it Right? Like, why do why take? This is what happened. They took the best X Men story of all time. They rushed it in X three and did a terrible job with it. So they said, "Hey, let's try again." Now that we've rebooted the franchise, but not really rebooted the franchise, just kind of refreshed the franchise, and um. And and they they blew it again. They didn't learn yeah, they didn't learn did. any lessons from the first film. Let me ask you a question.
2: <laughs> Let me ask you something. If you if you had to pick one version of Dark Phoenix to go with, which would you pick? If it was this one or the first or the first go at
1: it? I, I'll tell you right now, it would have been the first go at it because at least that one had a really cool fight scene at the end. With yes. with, Col- with Colossus and a much better beast than we had in this movie. Yes, dude. Yeah, I.
2: That just hit me like today. Like, oh my god! Like the first one was better than this one, and the first one's terrible. I'm not calling no, the, the first one one's good.
1: Awful, and the first one's awful because <laughs> they lost two of their actors like early on in the movie. Like,
2: right, right, Marsden and uh, Stewart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um but that was, that was a better version than this one which is crazy that blows my mind seriously
1: yeah and and um, now and here's the thing the thing that pisses me off more than anything is that it's like you could have taken maybe I I'm going to go so far as to say five changes would have fixed this story
2: oh my god but i mean huge changes though not like Little, not like changing a line of dialogue or anything no, like no, that. Okay, like, like you
1: have to change, you have to change five major things in this movie for it to work as a Dark Phoenix story. Let's see the story. The actors, <laughs> the writers, the director, <laughs> right. let's, the studio. I lost my things. There you go. <laughs> let's 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 start off. Like, like before, we go into specifics. Let's let's start. Was there anything you liked about this movie? Were there like oh my god, any, any good okay. for this?
2: I have a list of random reactions and talking points that I made while I was watching the movie. So I'm gonna go down this list and I'm gonna look for anything that is positive. Um, let's see. I liked the what felt like an established young X-Men movie, uh, X-Men team towards the beginning of the movie. Yes, that was kind of cool to be like, okay, we're the X-Men, we're here. You know, the, the the general public knows who we are. We're being called on. Oh, by the way, spoilers.
1: Uh, this is a spoiler. spoiler Um, (laughs)
2: We're 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 being called on by the president to come in and help them with this thing, right? This this space mission that went wrong. Like that was kind of cool to be like, oh, we're getting like not like you know, running and hiding or not knowing what they are or whatever. No, they're the X Men. So that was kind of cool to see. Yeah. Finally, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um let's see. Uh Oh, my God, there's so much better. Oh, at the end, towards the end, we saw a fully powered up, powerful storm. Yes. Uh, For a second, like, seriously, for like half of one scene, we got to see storm just completely like blitz this train car with electricity, with lightning.
1: But can, I, I, can like, I ask you about that? Because I kept looking at her powers and going, I much preferred the special effects for Halle Berry. I really, don't. Oh yes, dude. I really don't think yes. these are very good.
2: I have other notes about storm specifically about her powers on this list that says, what's up with the weird depowered storm? Like, she can control the fucking weather and like some dude like runs up and like throws something at her and she's like, Oh, and she like falls. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, god, come on, like talk about not being able to like, you know, really, uh, uh, use these characters correctly. And like, cause I know it's a challenge. I mean, you look at the Avengers and you're like, Oh my God, like, you know, Hawkeye uses bow and arrow and Thor's this like God of like, you know, thunder. How do you like put them on the same team? Yeah. I'm not saying it's easy, but that's why you have good writers that figure that shit out. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, storm was weirdly depowered. But anyway, that was my only other positive note was at some point towards the end of the film, we get a badass storm, like, like fully powered storm. So, so that, that's it. Those are the two things
0: things that I like. What about you? A little
1: bit. I'm going to be a little bit more generous than you. Um, and that's surprising, because I did not like this movie um, I thought I thought Sophie Turner did a good job as Jean Gray with what she had to work with. I hear you go on <laughs> go I think on. I think she was the only character that played her only actress who played her character in this movie the way the comic book character presents herself like i Hmm. i don't think i don't think she had much to work with but i was going in expecting to not like jean gray at all and have her just the whiny jean gray that they all tend always tend to devolve to and i was like i was like i can see her struggle i can see her fighting through this like i feel like her scene with um her father was like really strong acting yeah yeah I, I can I can see that yeah i but she was not given much to work with at all.
2: I think there was too much whining Jean Grey in this, especially the where she's sitting in <laughs> sitting in the alley in the rain, talking to herself for you know for plot purposes, right, literally crying and saying, What is happening to me? what is this? I don't understand like really.
1: but but again that's that's not Sophie Turner's fault somebody put her in the alley and told her to say those lines
2: that's true I fully yeah absolutely I do not think this is uh uh Sophie Sophie Turner's fault but I never really bought her as Jean Grey to be honest I never I know you know I just don't think anyone with red hair is going to be you know, the right fit for, for Jean gray. So I, I, not there, her fault, but no, I never, there, there
1: were parts there where I was like, okay, okay. You're pulling off the Jean gray vibe for me. I honestly did. I did. I did think she did a good job.
2: And there was no chemistry between her and the actor who played Cyclops.
1: Oh God. No, I, okay. Like none. Um, Tyler
2: Sheridan, his name. Ty Sheridan.
1: Like was his name. he was the worst cast. I thought about this for the first um, for for apocalypse, like he was the worst casting choice for this character. Like, yeah, he's too. I don't. He's too teenage boy, kid. Like, <laughs> like there, he has no. He has no presence, and he's supposed right. to be the leader. He's supposed to evolve into the leader of the X Men. He has no presence. Right. Like, I thought he was. Um, I thought he was great in Ready Player One. I didn't love the movie, but I thought he did a good job with it.
2: Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. not the
1: actor's fault. It was just a poor casting decision.
2: Yeah, it's just a really poor casting. Um, So funny, I just looked up the Dark Phoenix cast on Google, and he's not even listed among the cast here on Google.
1: <laughs> oh, no. I mean, like, there's people missing from the IMDb page. It's that bad. Okay. <laughs> like, what the hell?
2: They have UN delegate here, and they don't have Cyclops. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So. So. What else? Was there anything else that you thought that uh, they they managed to pull
1: off? Yes, there was a, a point where I was like, I am loving close close quarter fighting Magneto. Like his fight scene was kind of awesome.
2: Okay. Yeah, the one inside the train. Yes. Yeah, that was
1: cool. Yeah, I agree with you. And it completely makes up for it. And again, not the actor's fault because the actor was told to do this. The whole Gene Gray versus Magneto and the helicopter thing, where oh he was God. kind of doing that wrestling move, where you know how when they like flex and they're like, "Oh yeah," like that's what he was. That poor Michael Fassbender is expected to sit there and pretend that he's like he looked like he was going to take a shit. And it's like somebody needed to say, "Dude, there's easier ways to make this happen." And I mean, like the dude's got muscles, so like there were parts of it that looked very like it's like, "Oh, you're hot," but that face you're making (laughs) and this whole thing is not working for me. (laughs) But he did. Yeah, that was. Go ahead. I I do feel like that that last action sequence was was kind of awesome because we always see like. Magneto throws cars. Magneto throws buses. Magneto throws large iron girders. We don't see like close quarter Magneto throwing little bits and pieces of metal to like kill people. I, I, yeah. I, I thought it was pretty awesome.
2: Okay. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that actually. Yeah. I liked, I liked aspects of that fight scene. There were things in that fight scene that I really didn't like and there was a couple of cool moments here and there.
1: Oh, there was, there was a couple of cool moments, but there were so many bad. So bad. Um, and I do like the fact, this is the only, this is the last one. <laughs> this is the <laughs> last one. Um, I do like the fact that they held Professor Xavier to task about how awful he is. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like they I feel like I would have never seen that in the movie because well, this guy's going to become Patrick Stewart and Patrick Stewart can do no wrong. So we we can't we can't do that, but they did. And I think it, you know, hats off to them for saying, you know, Professor Xavier is not as as squeaky clean as as we think he is because in the comics he really isn't.
2: Right, right. Yeah, at one point in the first half of this movie I was like is Professor X the villain of this movie?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I was a little I was a little worried he was gonna go full onslaught and I'm like, oh dear God, no.
2: <laughs> yeah, did you notice that scene, Joe, where I felt like oh my god, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking because you would think like the the first one was so poorly received, the first go at this story, you wouldn't want to do anything to evoke. Any comparisons or recollections of that movie from the from the audience for this movie, and yet they kept doing it. I feel right. like they were like trolling the audience. It was almost like Simon Kinberg saying, "No, but I'm right." Like, just like,
1: yes, you know oh what I mean? God, like, yes,
2: like, <laughs> like it. He was like a like a like a Twitter troll, like just trying to to like shove his point down your throat.
1: Just, but now it, I will I will give him credit because on the way home I was like looking up things and he fully takes credit for how bad this movie is. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I it saw did, that. The the article said something like his his quote was along the lines of this did not collect connect with the audience and that's on me.
2: Yeah, yeah. The the, the one scene that I really stood out to me was where Professor X is trying to reach Gene. And she's, you know, full on floating with the power of the Dark Phoenix. And she lifts him up and she he like floats towards her. And I'm like, this is exactly how he died in the first movie. Like literally exactly. And then at the last second, it looks like exactly the same thing is gonna happen. The shots are the same, the composition is the same, everything. And at the last second, he says something to her, like, you know, you, you're still in there or whatever. And then she like lowers him. Like she kind of comes to her senses for a split second. And I'm like, oh my God, this is Kinberg going like, look, I've learned from my mistakes.
1: Like, <laughs> 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 it's like, no,
2: dude, like you, you still went like, you still went like four fifths of the way there. Like, that's not better. Oh my God. Let's see. Um, I have my first note is just terrible dialogue. Yeah just really bad like people don't talk like that
1: right and and okay okay spoilers this is last chance um i'm so glad that mystique died early on in the movie because jennifer lawrence was not (laughs) doing a good job like she she did you could tell that she didn't (laughs) want to play this character you could tell that she was over it it was Awful. Like it was painful to watch. And she's way too good of an actress for that to happen.
2: Yes. I wrote, I made a note that I said this is melodramatic. But normally with the X Men, it's why people loved the comic. But this is melodramatic in a bad way. Yeah. Right?
1: (laughs) Just so bad.
2: Yeah. I also made a note that the space mission was dumb. Like they find out, like walking into the hangar, oh, we're going on a space mission. Oh, don't you think we should read some kind of like debriefing on? No, there's no time for that. And then they get into the ship and they fly into space. And I think at one point a character's like, can this ship do that? None of them are wearing helmets or spacesuits or (laughs)
1: anything. And explain to me, because I don't understand. They take all this time to wrap up Kurt, you know, Nightcrawler, in in a helmet. But Jean Grey is just like, she's going to (laughs) be fine. Like, don't yeah. worry about her. She's not the Phoenix yet, but she'll be fine. It's all they good.
2: Put, oh, my God. They put the helmet on him, and then they used dust tape to connect the helmet to his body. Oh, oh my God. That was just so funny. But, like, come on. Like, that's such lazy writing. Um, yeah.
1: It's like, I want to get – he. you can see him going, I want to get to the good stuff.
2: Yeah, and the first, the first instance of kind of like – the, the feeling that I had that, oh, my God, like, superhero movies as a genre have evolved past what this franchise can do or is doing uh-huh. is how much the the really, like, emo, like, 90s leathery, like, all of that is still there. Like, the costumes may be, like, navy and yellow, but it still doesn't feel like the X-Men. Does that right. make sense? It's yes. just, like... The characters are like like Beast and Mystique are more human than they are mutants. Like you know they're like like what's going on? Like it just felt oh my god! Like the whole Nightcrawlers look. I just
1: oh I can't stand, stand the Nightcrawler again. <laughs> poor casting, poor casting. Yeah, yes. And um and and the thing is, is that the characters they went off character so badly with so many characters. Yes, yes, like, they did. Like, there is no way that Hank – Hank is always the one who's like, we're going to make this work and everything's going to be fine. The Beast is ultimate positive. He doesn't go, like, on a death rampage. Like, what the hell? (laughs) That's right. He ends up turning and joining Magneto, right? Like, he leaves the X-Men. And then, and then the same thing that happens—the same thing happens with Nightcrawler, where we're like, we've we've reached Nightcrawler's breaking point. in the fall oh my god! Battle. And I'm like, no, Kurt Wagner is not like a bloody killer. <laughs> no, like, he's a swashbuckling,
2: happy-go-lucky, like com- like jester type person. That bothered me so much, and oh, it wasn't I was even
1: so upset
2: it was like some guard like was killed or something by one of the crappy bad guys, villains. And out of nowhere, he just like snaps and kills a bunch of
1: people. <laughs> oh, so, and then, okay, let's talk about the villains. <laughs> this is where I'm going to start to try and fix this movie, right? Oh um, God. The I'm going to channel my into my inner Nando. Oh, God. Um, so, so the villains of this, what the, who are these people? So you know who they are, right? Well, no. Okay. Okay.
2: In the comic book story. Okay. um, When Jean is succumbing to the dark Phoenix um, and and it's kind of taking over her and removing any sense of morality or whatnot, right? She's becoming a God or goddess, whatever. Uh She flies out into space and she's got this hunger, right? This like crazy ravenous hunger. And what she does is she consumes a star, and the star goes supernova, and it obliterates a nearby planet full of... Yeah, it, like, kills, uh,
1: the, it kills the broccoli people.
2: The Dabari, okay? That's who the okay. broccoli people are, the Dabari. And the entire civilization is wiped out. And Lelandra and the... Um, oh, the, the Shi'ar. The, the Shi'ar, that's why they come to, to, to take... Gene to court and to basically try her is for genocide because right. she destroyed this whole entire civilization, right? Right. Well, in this movie, of uh, Jessica Chastain's character is a Debar- is one of the last remaining Debari aliens.
1: So she's a broccoli person. She's a broccoli people. And right, so, okay, I I wondered. <laughs> but they didn't look like broccoli people to me. They looked like no. little terminator, little green terminators.
2: Yes, to me they looked like the aliens from Signs, from M Night Shyamalan Signs. Ugh. But but the thing is, so so that's they never explained this. But I mean, kind of, but not really. And and no. so basically, her 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 and and her troop, um, she's called Vuk, I think. But her and her troop, they're like the last remaining of their species because this phoenix force has already done that. And this is a way for this movie to say, no, 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 it's not Jean Grey. It's not her fault, right? She's not a murderer. No, it's this phoenix force that's inside her. And so the phoenix force has already committed the genocide before it attaches itself to our character that we want you to like. And so the Dabari come to Earth because they're seeking this phoenix force. not to make it pay because it's just a force, right? It's not a person, but do right. they want to use the force in order to recreate their civilization? Okay. Right. So, but the thing that bothered me the most was that they're just people. They're just humans. Like they
1: don't, <laughs> just... right. there's no spe- nothing special about them. They just take over human bodies. Yes. And, and this is going to be my first, cause you know, they, they, the big reason why they, this, the final scene took place on a, on a, train was because they thought if it it was supposed to originally take place in space, but they felt like it was too similar to a, a a Marvel movie that had just come out and everybody thinks probably, um, Captain uh, Marvel. Captain Marvel. Well, let me tell you that between Captain Marvel and infinity war, this, there was a lot of stuff where I'm like, but you just, but that was from the other movie. Um, (laughs) for for example, we're going to start with them. They are scrolls. Right. They're just scrolls, <laughs> right? No, oh shit!
2: I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah, absolutely. They're, sc-
1: they're scrolls without pointy ears and and funny chins. They're scrolls. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. So, so the first thing I would do to fix this is like, what? No, what the hell? No, go away. Um, <laughs> it, like they, she walks um, uh, this Vuk character, Jessica Chastain. Uh, walks Jean Grey into a brownstone building. And there are five people standing there. And she's a friggin' blonde. (laughs) That's your Hellfire Club right there. Oh, oh my God. Like, why the hell? Like, it's right there. It's so
2: easy to do. Oh, my God. No, because then the writer would have to explain all that and you know write it you know write it into the plot in the movie and they clearly were not interested in any of that. No,
1: uh, and then like the number of times that they've okay so so we've got these this alien race we've got alien races in in the Marvel's the MCU we don't we don't need them here. Um because as we all know there are more mutants in the world in the Marvel comics that right. anybody can keep track of. Right. So Two things that I love about these movies. One is sitting there guessing which characters are who. Hmm. Like, I like to sit there and go, oh, my God, that's Blink. Oh, my God, that's Julie. Oh, my God, that's so-and-so. Like, that's what I – and I'm sitting there. I Like, I'm going to the bathroom after the movie because I had way too much Diet Coke. Uh, And I'm sitting there going, I don't know who the two characters with Magneto are. Yeah, because they are nobody. Do you know who the two characters are? No. Okay, I will tell you. Oh, you know? Um, oh, I do, because I looked it up. And not on not on Dark Phoenix on IMDb. I had to actually go to comicbookresource.com and figure out who the hell these are. The guy with the dreadlocks. Oh yeah, the uh, dread the dreadlocks that like stretch and they're like with Yeah, he's mechanical. basically he's basically Medusa. His his name is ArikI, A R I K I, and I will I will quote this from comicbookresource.com. dot uh, com. Uh, you might have a difficult time trying to figure out Magneto's hair whipping henchman, recognizable only by his long black locks. He's an original character introduced in Dark Phoenix and used as little more than fodder in some of the film's fight scenes. Ray, with the entire compilation of X Men characters at your fingertips, why are you making up your own? Yeah, seriously. What the hell? And you know who his female friend is? And this is going to really bother you. Uh oh. That's Celine the Black Queen. What? Uh huh. Oh, my
2: God. I don't
1: even remember
2: her from the movie. What did she even do?
1: Well, she had daggers and really? her and and yeah. her and yeah, she had daggers and her. And and I was like, Callisto. I thought we've already had Callisto. Oh, this right. can't be Callisto. Who in the hell is this? And he says her name, like Magneto says her name when she gets sucked out of the, um, Oh, that's the right. Train. Yeah. And it's like, Celine is an immortal. She's basically a goddess and she's reduced to in this movie. Oh, daggers and fighting with Xavier over control of Nightcrawler's body. Yeah, that's right. I had Uh, all sorts of issues with, and I don't know why I didn't know, like, I thought they were going to go there, but I don't know why Nightcrawler didn't just look at Professor X afterwards and go, what the fuck was that? (laughs) You totally are just forcing me to use my powers. Yeah. What the hell?
2: That was horrible. Yeah, and on on the subject of Kurt teleporting, He's only supposed to be able to teleport short distances, and he has to know where he's going. And they had him teleport all over the world in this one. <laughs> he, he, tele- yeah. he teleports them from the mansion to like Magneto's lair. Yeah, and you're like, what the so, fuck? Like, or, or not Magneto's lair, but to the the where where the uh, the end battle takes place.
1: Yeah, and and it's like. Okay, so so we've got, we've got bad guys we don't care about. Like, even as a fan, like, you want to sit there and go, oh, my God, it's that character. We've got characters that are either completely indistinguishable or made up, you know, for this movie. And then, and I know you're going to laugh at me, but the movie starts with our first and only appearance of Dazzler in the entire X franchise.
2: Oh, my God, Joe. When I saw that, I was like, what the... I thought, like oh, my God, Dazzler is going to play a major role in this movie. And they kept it secret. That's kind of amazing. I'm on board for this and then we never see her again.
1: we, see we her again. never she is performing out in the wild while they're throwing some sort of like kegger these kids who are barely out of high school are throwing a kegger on the Xavier Institute back lawn and dazzler is performing and i expect when when jean gray like blows up for the first time and takes out like all the trees Nobody gets hurt except Scott gets a scratch. But now like, we're all concerned.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm expecting Dazzle to turn and go, what the hell? Okay, I'm in to help. Let's go on an adventure. And nope. I was so excited. Nope. And we never see her again.
2: It was like two seconds and she's like performing. Like she's like doing a light show. She's like a hologram at Coachella. <laughs> she's yeah. doing a light show. And that's it. That's all we see of Dazzle. Like, what was the point of that? Why even have her there? That made no sense whatsoever.
1: Yeah. So, so my, f- my first big change is <laughs> get rid of the, the broccoli people and replace them with the Hellfire Club like it's supposed to be. And guys, I understand. I understand that I'm totally going like basement geek on this, but this was not a good movie and there was no reason for it not to be a good movie.
2: I mean. There's, there's no way they are ever going to make it a good movie though, Joe. Like we knew that, like we knew
1: that. Yeah. We're it. But the, the, the thing that makes me so frustrated is <clears throat> the same thing with, um, I want to say it was, was Batman versus Superman. Like I'm looking at it and I'm like, there's no reason this should be this bad. Yeah. Like they're like, I'm not saying it has to be good but it doesn't have to be this bad. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm so worked up. I mean, granted I saw it a half an hour ago, so it's fresh and raw, but I'm like, you, you've got all of these characters and you're not using them. The characters you have, you've completely changed their characters so that they, they don't make sense. And you're, and I understand, like, I'm going to use their version of Quicksilver as an example. I get it. That is not the comic book Quicksilver. It's not the Marvel Avengers Quicksilver. It's his own thing. And he works. And they took him out. Yeah, because I don't think
2: he wanted to be in it either. (laughs) But like they totally like he gets banged up in like the first like big battle scene and then we never see him again.
1: Yeah. He's gone. Um but but I mean that's an example of all right, we're gonna come up with our concept for this character and it's gonna be a little different. You're just gonna have to go with it. I'm fine. But you're we're losing out on all of these characterizations. You don't have Hank, you know, the beast Being the heart of the team, you don't have this swashbuckling nightcrawler that keeps everything positive. There was a moment where I thought, Oh my God, we're going to see a a Cyclops storm. We're the leaders of the X-Men. Right. Right. Yes. They didn't take advantage of it. Yeah.
2: I thought so too. I know exactly what you're talking about. I thought that was about to come up. Um, I wrote at my this note one note said this is not X-Men or Dark Phoenix. Kinberg doesn't get it.
1: <laughs> that's, no, that's he note. doesn't get it. And as and if this guy is such a fan, how? How do you miss the 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 essence of this movie? Right. Change change number two. And I think the first time this was a problem also, I don't know. It's been a very long time since I've seen X three. The Greys play such an important part in the comic books. Yeah. They are always Jean Greys go back to point. Yeah. Whenever she needs to be centered, whenever her her life is completely in the pits, she always goes home to her parents. So why are you making them the keystone reason why she's gone bonkers? Right. Right when 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 she could come home and go mom and dad i don't know what's going on and have this powerful scene with her parents and then lose it again right, right and you feel for the parents and you feel for her and there's there's an emotional connection there it's the exact from what i remember the exact same problem we had in the first movie i'm going to go home and scare the shit out of my parents yeah because
2: that would require good writing and the writer was lazy and he needed to have this character be broken which is bullshit because first of all you know just because you've suffered some kind of traumatic e- event doesn't make you broken right no. that that is the that is the lazy logic of, <laughs> of the writing of this movie that oh you know if she when she was a kid if she Killed her mom in an accident, and her father never forgave her. And you know she she's this orph- unwanted orphan. Now she's broken, and now we have a reason for her to flip out. Where if if they stuck to the story in the comics, like you just described, and have her parents be this like this foundation for her, that makes the character more tragic. That makes the character yeah. now. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, but again, that would require better writing. <laughs> you know, we're right. never going to get.
1: And the whole crux of the dark story, the the dark phoenix storyline, is that this alien consciousness, this like primal force of the universe, has taken over the body of this woman, and at the beginning. She's like and they, they kinda tried to do this, but they she's she's like, I can do so many amazing things. This is great. She wants to help people. Like it, it's about how exciting this new power is. And I was waiting for her to do the whole kiss Scott without the visor. Yes. Yes. And it wasn't there. And oh, they, they and, and that's the thing, right? It's like it's right there. You can see it getting ready to happen. Yes. And it doesn't Happen. What
2: an amazing visual that would be and representation of her power set and how overpowered she is, right? Like dangerously overpowered that she could take off his visor and control, like hold his beams to his eyes the way she does in the comics, which is fucking freaky because we know Cyclops. We know this, this, this thing that hampers him that he has to carry with, right? That he has to carry with him always, right? And so it's like a thing that you would think is like a good thing that is like a relief for him. and But it's no, it's creepy. It's
1: creepy yeah, that and she has and that and much power. It, it, it wigs him out. Yeah. It worries him. And that starts pushing her and him away. Yes. But I think that's also when they form the psychic link. Oh, right. Is another huge plot point, <laughs> which at the end of the movie, he goes, She's gone. I can feel that she's gone. It's like, How? How did that happen? <laughs> Because and, and all that is, is, is a line and they have the perfect setup. I will always, um, I'll always come back to you or you'll always come back to me. And, and like, if they just start talking to each other in each other's mind and have that conversation in each other's mind, done. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's, you know, there's uh, the very beginning of age of Ultron. The second Avengers movie starts with, with the team in the middle of a mission um, uh-huh. how cool would it have been to see that in this X-Men movie? You know, uh, I, I am certainly, you know, someone that agrees with the criticism that you shouldn't try to tell a Dark Phoenix saga in one movie to begin with. But no. if, if you're going to do that, there are ways to indicate a, a larger story in progress at the edges. Right. And yeah. so can you imagine, Joe, can you imagine after the awesomeness of like Endgame? Can you imagine how cool it would have been to have a third act in this Dark Phoenix movie where the X Men as a team are fighting for the life of Jean Grey on the moon or some other planet against this team of of Shear like
1: gladiators?
2: Yeah, like, how awesome would that have been?
1: And <laughs> all you have to do yeah, is all you yeah. have to do is trust the material. All you have to do is trust that that's going to, that you're going to be able to explain it and make it sense, which brings me to the fourth problem I have with this movie that would have (laughs) fixed it. The struggle in this movie should not be the X-Men versus Jean Grey. The struggle in this movie should be Jean Grey versus the dark Phoenix. Right, Like, like she's being manipulated. She should be manipulated by somebody. In this case, it was the broccoli people. In the um, in the comics, it was the Hellfire Club. Yeah, and she was the people were messing with her mind, which makes like Xavier's intrusion into her mind that much more raw for her. And so, remind and me. So. Is mm-hmm. in in the comics is Mastermind
2: part of the Hellfire Club? Yes. Okay, so Mastermind is the one who's been before she even gets the the, the before Dark Phoenix even becomes a danger. He's messing with her mind, right? Right.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Because and, they wanna they wanna make her the Black Queen and right, um, and right use her powers to to gain power themselves.
2: And so she, she's like switching back and forth between this like victorian age like storyline, right? and reality uh-huh. and our current reality
1: and it's like fucking her up. Yeah, and I can understand not wanting to go that direction. Sure. But you can do other things. Yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. There's stuff there to work with. But that's the thing though, Joe, like Fox has never trusted the material and that that is where that is where and and how this franchise is obsolete now. Yeah, because there's absolutely. no excuse anymore for not trusting the material when we have when Endgame exists.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's the biggest problem. And and um,
2: is there is there? For, oh, go, ahead, go ahead.
1: No, go ahead. Don't do your thing.
2: Um, is is <laughs> I want to know how many more big changes you have to make.
1: It was just the five. There's just one more.
2: Okay, and I want to know: Is there anything especially egregious that stands out that you like? You know, just you really like did, disliked about about what they did and the choices they made. Because there's one for me.
1: Yes, because the 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 final change for me. I'll go. Is that G. Um, Gray at the end when she's like, you know, sucking the Phoenix Force out of this Vuk character? Um, all it takes is one line from the alien woman. To say – like, well, she even said it. You're not going to ever be able to control this power and you're going to end up killing everyone. And um, and for her – for Jean Grey to realize she's right. I can't do this. And then pleads with Cyclops to kill her. <laughs> because that's how it happens in the comic book. Yeah, And that's what makes the story so tragic is he loves her so much and he knows that this is the only way to save the world. But he doesn't want to do it. Right,
2: he can't do it. Yeah, he can't do it. She has to kill herself. She has to trigger the, yeah. the, the one of the lasers to do it. I mean, yeah, sign me up for that version, Joe. Like, and it was crazy that that was all within the power of Fox to make that story.
1: Yeah, those those were. I mean, they were big changes, but they weren't changes that couldn't have and shouldn't have been made. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It could even be, I mean, you don't have to do the broccoli people. You could do the hellfire club wanting control of this Phoenix force. Yeah. You know, um, you you don't have to do the, Shiar. you don't have to do all of that. Uh, <laughs> there's a way to do this movie, you know, w- without going cosmic. Um, right. There was a scene that really, really stood out to me as, as a poor choice. And that was, um, when as a, in a display of her, of her powers, um gene uh controls professor Xavier to stand up out of his wheelchair and walk over to her and mm-hmm. i was like oh that is that is a really poor choice there like what
1: like uh that just please don't no like that that just i can i can i can see what they were going for oh, totally yeah, she's she's basically violating him the way she feels he's been violating her. Right. And, and so I get it, but they didn't do any of the groundwork to make that connection. Exactly. Exactly. The, the movie didn't earn that. No, it didn't earn that at all. And it just jumped out to me the moment that
2: happened going, no, don't. You haven't earned the right to go there in this story. Like the story cannot right. support that. Don't do that. No. You know, like. And and the fact that you think you have, like you can do that is like really upsetting.
1: (laughs) Don't go there. No, it was, it was a disturbing. Like, and it should be a disturbing scene. People should feel bad about it. People should be like, Oh, that's, that's not good. But I understand that she's like, this is kind of a revenge thing. This is a, this is a, let's see how you like it to be a puppet. Right. You know, and that's very, I, I even just saying the word puppet kind of would make that connection for people. Right. But all you're doing is you're, 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 you're violating the crippled guy. Yes. Like,
2: Oh yes. And it's like, no, no work to that point whatsoever. Like not even yeah. like you said, one line could have you know served the story point better, and they just didn't do any of that.
1: Yeah, I, I think, and this is what gets me so upset. Like, I am genuinely not happy with this movie. Like more than I thought I was going to be because, like I said, I didn't want to go see this movie. I went. Be- listeners, I did this for you. <laughs> I truly, I did this so that we could podcast about it, but I had no interest in seeing this movie. Yeah, same. And I figured I, and I figured I'm going in with such low expectations that I'm going to, it's going to be like age of apocalypse. I'm just going to have those fun moments of recognition of, Oh, Hey, it's that character. Oh, look, that's a callback to this. Oh, that's kind of fun. And it was none of that's that. That's exactly what I thought too. I thought, Wow, I have no interest in watching an X Men movie that's
2: out. That's crazy, first of all, right? But yeah. I guess I have to see a matinee because we're going to podcast about it. And you're right, you're right. I, I halfway through the film, I, I went and see, saw it with my sister, and halfway through the film, I turned to her. She's not, you know, a, a big fan of these movies. So she's watched a bunch of them, but she was willing to go with me. And I said, "It's it. There's, there's cool shit happening on the screen, but." It seems kind of boring. And she was like, oh, my God, yes, this is so boring, (laughs) you know, and and there wasn't even that like, well, at least at the very least, I'm seeing X-Men characters walk around and do cool shit on the screen. There wasn't even that.
1: No, because they were completely uncharacteristically them. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was
1: just boring and, shots. And, like they weren't them at all. And then anytime they had a chance to add in that hey, look at this really cool character, they either didn't use it or they used it too big. I'm sorry, Dazzler was too big for her 3 seconds right, on screen. Right. Like And yeah, like the rest of it that character could so much fun could be come out of that character. Yeah, and the rest of it
2: in between that stuff was just like boring shots, boring dialogue, boring scenes, like no creating, no interest whatsoever. It was just there.
1: There, there was there was no authentic stakes.
2: Yeah, no, none whatsoever. No, and the
1: <laughs> and but you know, at the end, you gotta you gotta you gotta give him props. Xavier admitted he was wrong. Yeah, he did. Because <laughs> because that and five bucks will get me a coffee copy, coffee copy at Starbucks.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I had to laugh at the the last scene because it just it reminded me so much of um the of the end of Christopher Nolan's uh tril- Batman trilogy um I I did not care for the third movie Dark Knight Rises at all um by the end of it I was like okay I'm ready for Christopher Nolan to be done with these movies clearly he is too like let's, let's wrap it up and and move on um and, and it just it's a scene in a french cafe <laughs> like with the characters, oh. the happy-go-lucky. Like, just kind of, oh. like, having this, like, fun little moment, you know, after all that stuff they just went through. And I was like, oh, my God, it's a Christopher Nolan ending. Like, what the fuck? Like, what is it about French cafes that, like, are supposed to communicate, like, you know, uh, uh, the wrapping up of, like, a chapter and, like, everyone's happy and
1: we're just moving on. Damn, that was so bad. <laughs> because the, as, as that happened, I was like, okay, because... I wanted this and maybe this is my problem. I wanted this movie to be better than it was, but every time they were going to do something that made sense, (laughs) they did the exact opposite. And so I'm like, okay, he's, he's, he's pity throwing a pity party in his, you know, in, in a French cafe, Xavier's throwing this pity party (laughs) and Magneto walks up to him and is like, I'm going to have this moment with him. How about a game of chess? How about a game of chess? No, but again, that moment could have been, "I'm gonna invite you back to my island, but you done fucked up, dude. yeah, and you're gonna have to make amends for it, yeah and and pointing out that it's Xavier's fault that the world hates mutants again, yeah <laughs> um this this movie should not end on a happy note, oh God, no
2: kidding. It's fucking Dark Phoenix. No kidding. Um, was it just me? <laughs> I'm not sure uh, did did that last shot of the movie did that did that pan up to um the spire of Notre Dame? Oh did I it? Think it did, Joe. <laughs> I think it did, Joe. I think it did. Dude, you, you, yeah, you. I looked, I was like, "Well, I made a note of it, and I was like, you, oh, I wonder if anyone else, I wonder if I can find that online.
1: With, with the fiery phoenix yeah! flying above it. So
2: stupid, like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and then there's, like, the Eiffel Tower, like, off in the distance, I think, too. Uh, it's so, so bad. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, I think, I mean, that, I don't ever want to watch this movie again to find out but um yeah i think that's what i think that's the shot that it ends on with the with the fiery phoenix off in the distance in the sky because why would this cosmic entity this goddess you know if she did survive this be hanging out in earth's atmosphere just like randomly <laughs>
1: yeah it, it makes no sense no. and oh here here is what i want to happen before i was like it's not going to happen, Ray. You're never going to get your dark Phoenix movie because like Marvel's not going to touch that with a 10 foot pole. I'm kidding. And now I am like, they have to, because they can't look at this and go, all right, that's fine. That's, that's allowed to exist on its own without some sort of redem- redemption movie in there. Like I want to see, I want to see Marvel pull off the ultimate retcon and do dark Phoenix and then have the Fantastic Four find Jean Grey at the bottom of the Hudson.
2: That's oh. what I want to see. <laughs>
1: for anybody who doesn't, for anybody who doesn't know what um, what we're talking about, the in the original Dark Phoenix, when Dark Phoenix dies, that is supposed to be Jean Grey. There is no distinction between right. the two. And this was a big deal because it was one of the first comic book characters to actually and stay die. dead. And stay dead. And like, there's no way, like she's gone. There's no way she can yeah. come back. And then Kurt Busick and somebody else was sitting in a cafe somewhere. <laughs> and Kurt Busick is like, I bet I could figure out a way to bring her back. <laughs> and the guy's like, I dare you. And so he came up with a way to bring Jean Grey back. And the that way was, is that when the, the shuttle, the, the way it happens in the comic book is the, the space shuttle lands in the Hudson. And then they're like, Oh my God, Jean's dead. And then all of a sudden the Phoenix flies out of the, the water and they're like, Oh, she's mm-hmm. not dead. The retcon where they go back and say, you know, f- try and make Jean Grey not dead is they say that was actually just the Phoenix Force with Jean Gray's persona kind of Image. copy. Yeah. Yeah. Like a clone. Yeah. Like she, 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 yeah, basically cloned her so that the, the Phoenix Force would have a, a body and she used this template. As, uh, like oh, a host
2: for for the phoenix force so yes. Jean gray was never actually the one flying around doing that and in that retcon it also absolved the character of Jean gray of committing genocide
1: yeah because it wasn't just that she was that she was dead it's like you can't bring her back because she killed off an entire planet there has yes, to
2: be she deserved to die
1: yeah <laughs> like she like like there had like that's the yes, consequence exactly. and so to just have this person who has killed off an entire alien race to be running around the Marvel Universe yes, like nothing happened exactly. like the, and so the way Busick did it was like that's not really Gene yeah. Grey that's somebody that is thinks that it's Jean thinks it's Jean Grey but Gene Grey is actually in a little like cocoon at the yep. bottom of the Hudson and years later the Fantastic Four go down there and they like what's this cocoon oh look it's right. Jean Grey
2: after um, which, <laughs> after you would ne- Cyclops is remarried, another Jean Grey clone is Madison Pryor, right?
1: Right, and then that just causes all sorts <laughs> yeah, sorry, of Sorry, sorry. Go ahead, go. go. <laughs> but but I I so I like I was always I've always felt like well, there's no way anybody would ever be able to pull that off. And after Ed Game, I'm like Marvel. I I double dog yeah, totally. dare you. To do this, because it would be like to be able to take the world's most ridiculous yet awesome retcon and put it on screen would be just an unattainable feat. Like they like, like that is
2: shooting for the moon. I think we will see it, but not for a long, long,
1: long time. Not for a long, long long time. time. This is like that's like the 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 trilogy of trilogy endings. Like when you get the X Men trilogy one, the X Men trilogy two, and then the final X Men trilogy, the Dark Phoenix saga is like that. Yeah, so aspect.
2: it's gonna be like fifteen to twenty years from now, there we'll see it. Again. <laughs> we'll have time almost mostly like
1: we'll, we'll be walking in with our walkers. Going,
2: right.
1: <laughs> Just sitting there, angry, going, "They're not fucking up this time. They've had three chances." <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. Going up matinee show. Oh. Senior discount, man. Senior discount.
1: We'll get that. Senior discount, dude. <laughs> <Dark games again. laughs> and and I, think, I think that's part of the reason why this movie didn't have any chance. Like, it, it the the writer-director just didn't have a, a great handle on what made this story the story. And it was fighting off of the fact that everybody's like, well, Marvel could yeah. do it better. Cause they Cause could. They could. They, they, yeah, absolutely. They will. So, so I've got to go back and look at um, the message. Uh, Raven from Girls Gone Wow is a listener of ours and absolutely love Girls Gone Wow and and Raven. And she left something on my Facebook um, while I was in New Zealand saying, you know, I hope that they can explain what went wrong with this movie. And so I hope we, I hope we did because we tried. Um, but I think, I think there was so much that I, you know, it wasn't one thing. It was like, they took the skeleton of a very good story and they tried to make it their own and lost everything that made that story great. Not even the skeleton. Jeez. Yeah. You know, they took the skin of
2: a really good story. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And tried to create a new skeleton for it. Like, No
1: like, I'm sorry. So like, I just, I'm picturing that shot of the alien walking into the brownstone. And I was (laughs) honestly, Ray, I was so angry. I'm like, you just switch these weird alien people out for the Hellfire club. And you've got a decently interesting movie because even if it's a bad movie, give me interesting fights and I'm fine. When, when, um, Phoenix goes to the Island to to Magneto to Island M or Genosha or whatever the hell they wanted that to be. Um, it's like, okay, no, have her toss people around. Like, let me see, like, this is your last movie. Take every obscure Marvel character that you can think of and <laughs> throw them on this island, and you can have yeah. a Battle Royale in 15 minutes, and everybody's gonna be like, that was awesome. No.
2: <laughs> no. And, and this will be bombed, too. Oh, yeah. Like, bad. Really bad. Like, it's, it's a wrap for this franchise. Yeah, it didn't just, it didn't just end it, it sank it. Yeah, and this is—is is this the first X Men movie to not have Logan or Wolverine in it at all? Uh huh. Right.
1: Yeah.
2: No, he wasn't. Was
1: he, was he? Was in Apocalypse? I don't think he was in Apocalypse.
2: Yeah, he was. They stole. They stole. Oh the yeah, dude.
1: because he was. He was Weapon X. Weapon X. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just so much bad. Yeah, just so, so much, much bad. bad.
2: I'm so glad I got to exercise that experience with you (laughs) Great, go on with my life. Uh,
1: So, so bad. Um, Uh, There was one last thing I wanted to say and I just, it's not coming. I mean,
2: it ends with, you know, Professor X retired and stupid Cyclops carries a stupid sign over that says that's now the Jean Grey Institute for, you know, special students or whatever. And, and it's a, the, the gifted or whatever, and, and he just hangs the sign on the wall.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just like, like I'm done. <laughs>
2: like a strong gust of wind is about to come and like knock that sign off the wall, uh, and like it's just yeah. And that
1: like that that sequence, like again, talk about not earning anything.
2: Yeah, like, <laughs> like they, they do the they money. do the
1: pan through the the institute. And, uh, you see Storm like yacking it up with her class, showing them lightning tricks and, and Quicksilver's like, you know, stops the kid running in the hall. It's like, you know, ah, slow down kid. And it's like, no, I'm sorry. You haven't earned these jokes. Like, nope. no, no, this is not, this is, you were, you were, you were not, you're not funny. You're not cute. Just get off the screen. <laughs> just end the movie already.
2: All right. So uh, coming up next, we have New Mutants. Uh, oh
1: God, oh God! <laughs> I, I really, truly hope that that never sees the light of day. I'll, it will make it will make a great it will make a great like bootleg watching. Yes, where we like watch it and do like the director's commentary on it. That I yes. will be okay with. But I honestly, after seeing this, I hope that that movie just never gets released.
2: Yeah, please don't make me go watch that in a the theater. Please don't.
1: <laughs> but see, you'll get to, you're not going to watch that in a theater, Ray. If we go to see that in a theater, you're going to watch me watching that in a the theater.
2: That's true. That's yeah. true. I'm not going to be watching the movie. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> and that's it. I mean, that's a wrap on what started in, was it 2000? Yeah. With, with X-Men, the first one? Oh my God. I remember losing my mind going, I'm actually watching. A scene where Wolverine is cage fighting—that was so well done. That whole yeah. scene with Rogue trying to like, you know, like protect him, and he like the guy comes at him with the saw, the 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 sawed-off shotgun, and
1: he cuts it in
2: half, and he's so badass. Oh
1: man. Remember how awesome we thought it was? We were just like, "Oh my god, they made an excellent oh, movie." And it was yes. good. Because that was the time where we got that really weird Punisher movie and really bad Captain oh, America yeah. movie.
2: Yeah. And this had a, a a climactic battle in the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With really
1: horrendous CGI, which was better than this movie CGI.
2: Yeah. And all of a sudden, Mystique was a badass character and we were like, what? Where did that come from? She's awesome.
1: And Jennifer Lawrence comes in and goes, I'm done with this character. She's boring and this is a horrible script. Can I get my money now, please?
2: Oh, man. They should have never made Raven such an important character anyway. That was just because of casting luck.
1: Yeah, it really was just because of casting.
2: Oh, my God. Good riddance. So glad to be done with these. Hopefully.
1: Do you hear what's coming out of your mouth, Ray? Dude, like I know, but, so sad. Like this is our favorite comic book franchise ever, and yeah, we're happy the movies are done because it's it's we better, bigger, and better things, man. Like we got Endgame, and
2: by the way, Marvel knows what the fuck it's doing, right? They release Dark Phoenix, then they announce that they're re-releasing Endgame a yes. week from now yes. with a uh, uh, um cre- end credit scenes. Um, and guess what, guys, they're going to pull
1: Dark Phoenix from these theaters and they're going to replace it with Endgame. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I, and I, I realized, I just remembered, I just remembered what it was that I wanted to add to this. Like, I know we've, we've prolonged the, how bad this is, but I've just got to point out the number of things I understand why they were worried about it taking place in space because they didn't want it to be like Captain Marvel or infinity war, but let's just draw the parallels. So we've got scrolls. Yeah. That's there. Um, shifting aliens, Yes. Yeah. So, so shape-shifting aliens. Um, we have the Magneto farming scene, <laughs> which is basically yeah. Thanos farming. Yes. Um, Do you notice that in the last, Fight scene. Um, Phoenix literally snap dusted the aliens.
2: Oh my god, that's right!
1: Like it was just like they just dissolved into ash, like they did. It like and that it, Infinity War. I'm pretty sure was was out before this was being finalized. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like there were so many parallels where I'm like, well, they got that from the movie. Well, they got that from the movie. <laughs>
2: Yeah, except for any, like, being good.
1: <laughs> 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 you the wrong steal. stuff, You took the <laughs> wrong stuff. <laughs> You're going to steal from those movies. Come on. Oh, all righty. <laughs> I think we've belabored this as long as we can. Do you have any shout outs? Um, oh,
2: God. I didn't prepare any shout outs for this week. Uh, I want uh, to give a shout out to New Mutants and just be like, you know what? We're good. Uh, you, can, you can you can go ahead and and, and be a, a a thing that gets traded around at Com- future comic cons, a la Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have any shoutouts for this week. What about you?
1: I do have one. I have one for our tour guide. Our wonderful tour guide from the Weta Workshop. She was just awesome and uh, was just very like. I have been a tour guide. And I know when you're doing that last tour of the day, and there's like two people on it, you're like, "Oh my god, why?" So for her to to give us more than the regular tour was like super cool. And so my hats off to her because that was awesome. Oh, that's cool, man! I get uh, like a great trip. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was really a lot of fun. I'll try and post some pictures and like a post on the website just so that people can see the cool Weta Workshop stuff. Um, and Hobbiton lots of hobbits. Well, no hobbits, just their houses. Um, coming up, I'm, I'm trying to, I, are we still meeting on set on Sunday? Ray? Yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to get, um, Rob available on Sunday. Cause you can usually do Sundays. So we'll try and do the, our DCU. Otherwise okay. we're going to have to to punt and, and figure out something else new to do. Okay. But that, that's, that'll hopefully be the next episode. All the music in this episode is by Ben sound and is being used under a creative commons license. You can find more music by Ben sound at bensound.com. Geek to Dude is a proud member of the geek to geek network. Check out other geek to geek shows, such as the geek to geek podcast tea time with Katie and Chelsea, and sometimes Rob also check out our Twitch streamers capsule J and Troidal power. And make sure to join our Reddit community at r forward slash geek to geek cast. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at Hogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at epic grays. Ray, where can we find you? Um, I am across. Pretty much all social
2: media platforms uh, at uh, username rayvargas3. Most of the time, I'm on Twitter these days and and Instagram, but uh, you can find me everywhere. And my website online, if you want to check out some of my artwork, is rayvargas3.com.
1: Is your uh, grad school stuff up there? It is. Oh, go check it out, guys, because he's been doing some good stuff. Okay, thanks. All right, I apologize for for my voice on this, guys. Hopefully, it wasn't too painful to listen to. Um, We will will see you next week, hopefully a little bit more refreshed and revitalized and less angry. (laughs) Until then, remember this week, keep it geek. Greetings, programs and applications. I'm Ben, and I am Keith, and we are the the Two Two Gay Gay Geeks. Geeks. We are the nerds behind TG Geeks webcast, where we talk about sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, You name it, we talk about it. We release an episode every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. You can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Spreaker, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, look us up on YouTube. And, of course, we can be found at tggeeks.com, where you can find not only our webcast, but articles about other
0: geeky goodness. So come along for the wildest ride in the potosphere. Did
2: you just say potosphere?